No. Um, right. The podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, entrepreneurship, and so much more. Nick Durst here along with Joe Calvary's and Joe. Our guest today, very successful businesswoman, and much like one of our previous guests, ties to the reality world very much into <laughs> fitness and then an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she is a nutritional therapy practitioner, uh, a coach, a trainer, uh, somebody you want to go to for uh, health and wellness. Uh, she was on the challenge. She's a previous winner, uh, much like a former guest of ours, Kenny Santucci, uh, was able to parlay her appearance on the challenge and doing competition shows uh, and turning that into a very lucrative uh, career. So we welcome Emily Schramm to the program. Emily, how are you doing today? What's up? Thanks for having me. I'm so good. You guys talked to Kenny. Kenny, one of, our, one of the people we've had on for sure. And you got you, the two of you are actually pretty similar backgrounds as far as what you've gone and ventured into in the business world. Curious, Emily, when you, you know, back when you were a kid attending the University of Missouri, Columbia, what were you studying there? And what were really your plans while you were studying there as to what you thought you were going to do coming out of school? I thought since I was three that I was going to be a veterinarian. And I was so adamant that that was going to be what I was going to be, that I wouldn't even think any other alternative. And I was actually pre-accepted into vet school at University of Missouri because I was a pretty smart kid. And I remember doing like an overnight, I was like 19 and I was doing an overnight with an ER vet and he came up to me and he's like, you do not want to be a vet. This is not what you want to do. And I was like, don't tell this. this is my life dream. There's no way I, this is it. And, and it just stuck with me. I just started watching the system and I was like, shit, he's right. I don't want to be a vet. This is not at all what I want to do. It's like, has nothing to do with pets. It has everything to do with owners. And it was just such a, oh shit moment. And that's actually when I kind of was like, okay, if I don't want to be a vet, what am I going to do? I have no idea. And I was working at Starbucks and that's when the casting director came for real world and how the whole real world thing happened. So the, the universe opened up some doors after I decided I was ready for something different. <laughs> Interesting. So of course we're going to talk your real world process, but with Starbucks here, I know Joe is an avid coffee drinker. What's going on with, with Starbucks here? Obviously, a lot of controversy as of late that people are heading on to the tricks that Starbucks, they mostly fill up ice drinks with like 30, three-fourths of the cup is ice, and people are ordering no ice, and they're giving you just half a cup with beverage in it. What's your take on Starbucks really just trying to really emphasize the ice and ice drinks? Oh, geez. Well, my take on Starbucks is so much different. I mean, this is when I was 20. So for 15 years, I just had a birthday. So 15 years ago when I worked there, I will just say this about Starbucks. If Starbucks took 1% of what they have the potential to do to help change the world and like just source organic coffee from really well-sourced, well-equipped farmers or invest back into farmers, they could change the entire world. So I wish they did way more than just change their ice ratio to cups. They could do a lot more for the environment. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, they, they are, go they are basically going more in a, we'll say a sustainable direction, like a lot of places, but I just don't get all these places. They're going to say, you got to have a paper straw, but they're giving you a plastic cup. So it's kind of counterintuitive there. It's, it's I like know. all plastic, all paper, but 
we could discuss uh, coffee cups some other time. So you mentioned it about the casting director coming into Starbucks. How did you get approached? And what was really like the process like for you to do that audition for the ship? Well, a quick note, just reuse your cup more than once. If you get a to-go cup, just keep it and just use it again. That's it. Just more consciousness on that. Um, I would say I really had this aha moment of like, I know nothing in the, I'm just along for the ride. My life is just along for the ride. It's a series of fortunate events and I'm so down for it. So I just was working at Starbucks. I was kind of like bitter about being there that early. It was, it was like a Saturday. I think I was hungover. I mean, I'm, I'm 19 at this point. And it was just a moment of this fun, fun personality that came in. He kept ordering caramel macchiatos. And finally I was like, why are you ordering so many caramel macchiatos? Like who needs this much? And he was like, well, you know, I'm around the corner and I'm like, well, what's around the corner? Real world auditions. I was like, what's real world? Because I was just so like, shit, naive, growing up in a cult, had no idea. And that's how it happened. So my experience is so different. I, But that's how it is. It's just like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's go for the ride. Let's let's see what this door opens. So you went and did the audition. Did you feel like, okay, I definitely got this? What was the waiting process like to find out if you were going to be on the show? Well, I think my experience was so weird because I, after work, I came in with my apron. He asked me to come over after work. So I walk across the hall and there's just a room full of people with portfolios of pictures and just, they look, I mean, they're just all done up and I'm literally like in my worst of worst. I don't even know what I look like. And they just started with, I remember one part, they said, with the, like, so for you, Nick, you would pick a word that starts with in and Joe, you would pick a word that starts with Joe or Jay, what word describes you? And we went around the circle and we just said, okay, like pick a word that describes you starting with the name of your first name of your uh, name, first letter of your name. And I said, eccentric, I think, I think this is the first thing I could think of. And from there you just move on. So it just, all of a sudden I was like, in Chicago and then I was in LA and then all of a sudden I was in DC. So I don't even know what happened. It was just like, this whirlwind that just took me and then here we are. And, but I will say it was really about the opportunity of doing the challenge that kept me engaged. Cause I, I had talked to enough people at that point about what real world was. They were like, Oh, I think if you do this, you can do the thing yeah. called the challenge. I'm like, Oh, that well then, then I'm in whatever that is. Sounds good. <laughs> there you go. So what, what are we, looking back on it now, how did you feel your experience was on the real world itself? And what was it like living in Washington, D.C. for for those few months? Well, from a Missouri girl, like being I was underage. So I was 20. I had to use my sister's fake ID. Like the, it was a big city for me. I really didn't have any experience with like public transport, like really these crazy things. Like I remember even in one of the interviews for Real World, it was the largest building. I've never been on an elevator, like larger than 12, you know, so just like my mind was being like, oh my God, there's so much more life than I ever knew possible. And I had so much um, naivety, which I think in some ways was so good, but the backlash is like really intense. So when you get through it, you film it, everything's good. And then it airs. I was like, oh, this is the real world. <laughs> this is intense, <laughs> you know, this is real. So that was a, a whole experience. But to be in DC was really great. I think they were trying with my season to just do something a little bit more impactful and social impact and really try to make things about 
service and it definitely didn't go well. You know, mm-hmm. the world wants drama. The world wants uh, to watch people fall apart. Right. You know, reality TV thrives. Didn't they of- get some like, you know, when the Washington Capitals did something with you and was it Melissa Etheridge? So they're trying to get <laughs> yeah. these cameos, right? Yeah. And I did, you know, I was teaching all these kids how to write poetry and I was working with Africa action diplomacy. I was doing like really cool shit. So my experience was amazing, except the, the viewed experience was not what, you know, it was. So I, it just, it definitely got me to really understand that what the way I was living was no longer that door had shut. Like I was ready to experience world, the world and understanding like what else is out there. Being a veterinarian was no longer an option (laughs) post real world. For for you and really anybody you've met in the world that was on the real world. How do you all feel that the show is done? Like it was such a cultural phenomenon and now it's not been on the last season. I think it was on Facebook like 10 years ago. How does that, how does that make you feel as a, an alumni from the real world? I think it's great. I mean, it's like, we're a relic, you know, like I, I don't want it to be tarnished anymore, you know, just by like trying to satisfy people's short attention spans, like the original room. Yeah, it's it's totally. And it's like this understanding of like, we were the original reality TV show. There was no agenda. And that's so powerful to just show up in a room with a lot of people and just be, that doesn't really exist anymore because either people who have watched the show um, are the members themselves. So they have their own agenda. So I, I love it. I love that it was really like an authentic experience. It was a pressure cooker of going through really weird stuff together. And it was such a growth I mean, you take, I felt like 10 years of growth in three months for me. And I was so ready for that. So I, I'm totally good with it. I don't want it to be tarnished anymore. <laughs> so you've been mentioned before you grew up in Missouri and you're talking about growth, right? So I wanted to ask you specifically, uh, being raised in a cult now, very different experience than a lot of other people, right? So in and itself, that's kind of real world stuff, right? Mm-hmm not entirely relatable to everybody. So share your experiences about that and how all of that changed as you slowly got older. Yeah. So I, I mean, in some ways people do experience this with any sort of organized religion. I mean, there's varying degrees of what certain institutions can kind of like put you in a box for, but really all I knew I was born and raised in a very religious part of the world. It was in Missouri. It was Bible Belt area. And, you know, when you have that type of oppression slash restriction slash kind of this belief that you are wrong and bad and going to hell, unless you do X, Y, Z, it shapes you at such a young age of your worthiness and how you approach things. So, I mean, it was just a whole psychological rabbit hole that I've been unraveling, you know, from twenties to now, like, Oh, this is why I am the way I am. But we all have our shit, you know, like whether it's our parents or whether it's our our school, like we all go through these experiences in order for us to come out on the other side and be better for it. So I, I think for me, it was just a way for, and again, another very fast pressure cooker of learning that one, I absolutely hate being told what to do. And I am such a free bird. Like I, I really did experience actually some PTSD 
in the real world house. And I had a lot of conversations with the producers because they were telling me where to go and what to do and what I could and couldn't do. I couldn't even walk out of the house without calling someone and telling them. And I rebelled against that. I was always like disappearing. I remember one time I pretended that I couldn't um, I, that I was deaf so that I could get out of the house. I snuck a taxi. I went five miles away. I went on a date with some girl just to just like, just hide and disappear and like be a rebel. And then they found me somehow. They like tracked me down and run up into the, the, the restaurant with lights. And it was like so embarrassing. Like one of those moments of like, shit, I thought I got away with this and I didn't. And just having like a really intense understanding of like, okay, I need to work on my issues with authority. Although I still have them, like it does shape you. So like, I, I think it was just such a good way for me to get into the deep parts of what we all experience. It was just a weird way of doing it. If that answers your question. <laughs> Certainly. So you mentioned before, you really went in the real world because you heard about this thing, the challenge. When you get called after your season to go on that and you start, you do your first season, how eye-opening was it to just like how crazy this competition is? And was it something where you instantly loved it? Or is it something where season by season, you decided you, you gradually liked it more? I loved the situation of being put into the unknown and, and seeing how I, how I performed. I am so competitive, but not with other, I'm so competitive with self. And I never really did individual sports. I started doing rock climbing. I started doing CrossFit. Those were kind of like the first times I was like, Oh, individual performance. It was always team before that. So to be in the challenge was like, Whoa, like this is a really fast way to understand how capable I am. You know, I'm either going to win or I'm not like, one or the other. And I really loved that. But I also remember being really honest about like, I looked fit because I'm always an athlete, but I was not fit. Like I, especially that first challenge, I remember struggling through some of these challenges in a way that I was like, oh shit, I got to get my shit together. <laughs> like This is not okay. Like one swimming, I remember Derek and Johnny gave me like, you know, explode like that pre-workout before we did this swimming challenge. And I, I was so panicky the way I was shaking. I had never, I don't even know if I was drinking caffeine at that point. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack and in the water trying to kick as fast as I can, both of my legs cramp. And so I'm just like, I'm going to die, you know, and, and on paper or on, on TV, like, I won't show that. Like I'm straight up, like you, I look like inside, I feel like I'm dying. Like no way are you going to know, but I got home from that challenge and I was like, I got to get to work. Like the, no, even if I don't do another show, like there's no way I'm showing up that unprepared. I had no idea what to prepare for, but that was like my call to action to like really take control of my health and my body and to really be empowered by like, if I don't like what I see, if I'm, I don't like what I'm looking at in the mirror, like fucking do something about it, you know? And that's really what tapped into this career piece of like, that's a very relatable issue. Mm -hmm. People going and not liking what they see. And we go through all these rabbit holes and we decrease our calories and we make ourselves small. And it's just like such bullshit. It's like, no, there's another way to do this. We can really take up space and be strong and like find that, you know, superhero that we got. But yeah, it was, a, it was a whole thing. And I, and I think the second challenge and the third challenge 
it's still just as addictive to, to be terrified and have no idea how something's going to turn out, have no idea how you're going to perform because nobody could ever practice this and you just do it. it, There's something very invigorating and and wonderful about that, that I I'm really lucky that I get to be a part of. So how often do you get asked, when are you coming back on the challenge and how many of those people (laughs) don't realize that it's a massive time commitment and it would really impact your businesses? Oh, I get asked daily. That's for sure. I mean, I really, I love that I get asked because it, it, for me, it is something that if it shows up in the right time in the right space, I'll say, yes, I have no question. Like if it's there and I have the space to do it, I will. And yeah, the, the idea of leaving for two months there was to, you can make a lot of money in two months. If you have a business and you're able to hustle, you know, there's not really, um, a lot of they I know that on, on the show of what you can win and mm-hmm. after taxes, but the cost energetically, emotionally, and mentally all factored in, it really has to make sense, right? It's, it's either I'm coming cause I want to have fun and I need some new experiences and why not? Or like, yeah, no shit. I really need the money and I'm going to do it. But yeah, people don't get it. It's, it's a intense, intense process. No phone, no, no email, no connection, not even books, you know, like, what do you do? You just are like hanging out with people losing intelligence and you have to be okay with that (laughs) for two months. And that's, that is what it is. (laughs) So like Nick mentioned, once you do the reality TV thing, you get asked to call and go back and go on this show and go that show. So uh, there's a lot of crossover as Nick and I know we've had a lot of former guests on recently uh, who have been on multiple shows right so we want to talk about like Kenny before leveraging your reality TV fame becoming your own boss in the business world with Kenny you see it thriving with with strong New York and everything that he's got going on uh, we have a former guest on with us Alyssa Lopez uh, she's been on Big Brother she was on the challenge and now she is uh, she started her own agency the key influencer agency right so Everybody figures out a way to transition and uh, turn what that reality TV fame was into legitimate businesses, right? So uh, how did you leverage uh, the momentum, the following that you got from being on reality TV and ultimately turning that into being your own boss and starting your businesses? Mm, That's a good question. I think I'm going to be a unique case that I had no intent of this happening for me. Like it was very much, I hate authority. I don't want to work for someone else. I don't want to ever have a name tag again in my life. And I know that people need help with training and nutrition because I myself looked and looked and looked for support and I had to figure it out myself and I learned it myself. So becoming a trainer and a nutritional therapist and herbalist, like these, these pieces, I was like, I have to give back in some way. So my own transformation of learning, what wasn't working, what was working. And then having people ask, okay, like, can you help me? That all coincidentally lined up with the challenge, especially that first challenge and second challenge. So it was just like such an accident. It was a beautiful accident, the the synergy of it and how it happened. And just sharing my own process ended up being really relevant to other people's process. And so it took off in a really powerful way that I'm so grateful for. I will say that if I I really try to sit and think and have strategy on, okay, I'm going to go to the show again, I'm going to have this and it, it just doesn't work for me. I don't, I don't enjoy that because it takes away the joy of being a creator or like to be a bot, to be my own boss, even though I 
definitely see the benefits and the exposure and the support. Like it takes me completely out of the experience. And I just am somebody that's like, here's what I have with what I got. And that's, this is the moment, like that's it. And I I do struggle when you watch, even though I don't know most of the challengers now from my experience of just certain clips or certain conversations I'll have with the people I'm in touch with. It's, it's just so not genuine, you know, and I, I, I think the world needs so much more authenticity. We need so much more realness. We need so much more like bullshit free. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to get you to buy anything. I'm just living my life and trying to make it a better place. Like when you could show up with that energy is like, that's, that's when good things happen. So although I love that the synergy has happened and the world has definitely starred aligned for me, I don't, think having a plan is even in the cards for me ever, <laughs> because when I have a plan, it doesn't work that way. And I also am so like, fuck, when you have a plan, you don't allow for something maybe better to come along too. You know, we, that that's what happens. Like we get so stuck in our plan and then we miss out on maybe what the actual plan was. So I think it's great. I definitely will take advantage and get people to buy my magnesium <laughs> and try to grow a garden, you know, if I do the show again, cause I, I have so many fun business ideas in the, in 2024, but I, I think the experience is about me showing up as a competitor to take some people out and have fun doing it. Right. Like that's all I want to think about when I show up. <laughs> yeah. I tell Nick all the time. I'm the metaphysical and spiritual person between the two. I say you got to live your life in a flow state. He wants everything on demand. <laughs> well, there's a balance. There's a yin and yang under it. You know what I mean? And I think it's so good when you have somewhat of a structure to start, like you set the intention. You're like, okay, this is kind of what I see, but I'm malleable. Like I'm willing for this to adjust because there's there's always something bigger and better than we can see because our mind's only our mind. There's so much more. There's so much more. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Uh so uh, you're a personal trainer, you're a health and wellness coach. I want to talk to you about how you organize your day, how you structure your day. Uh, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Uh, the type of clients that you have, uh, what types of people are coming to you, approaching you, asking about your products, asking about uh, the advice that you can give them, asking about your expertise in this area. So talk about uh, how you, again, structure your day and how you deal with the day-to-day -day stuff and dealing with other people and potential clients and customers. Yeah. So I, this hopefully isn't too long winded, but I do feel like I want to share a little bit about the series and evolution of self through my businesses. I got really lucky where my own journey in deeper layers of nutrition and wellness and health turned into physical forms. So I started off with 21 day challenges, teaching people about elimination diets and gut health and adrenal health and that was really amazing and just a really easy way for people to take the power back with food, right? Instead of eating 1400 calories and running and trying to like go through this process, it's like, no, this food is fueling me. This food is literally what my cells are made from. Um, but I think so many times people hit a wall with that and then we, we get deeper. It's like, okay, well, why are we hitting a wall with it? And this is when CrossFit happened for me. I was so competitive in CrossFit and I was hardcore my, my ego loved it, you know, more than any of the challenges to like go to a CrossFit competition and win was like all I wanted to do. So I was deep in the cult 
cult number two, the Kool-Aid had been drank. <laughs> and through that, my adrenals, which are these organs that handle our cortisol levels, they handle our stress completely tanked. And so that was another like, okay, what's going on deeper, learning about adrenal health, learning about fitness in a different way than CrossFit, because the way I was working out was not working. So then I opened this gym in Denver, all strength-based, no timer, really helping people understand the balance between max effort and dynamic effort and how to get strong without compromising adrenal health. Um, all of these things kind of like compounded and I started an herbal tea company and then 2020 happened and it was such a, a break in my life. It was such a everything reset because I was able to finally rest. I was fine. I was like able to finally, the gym had stopped. The tea company supply chain was wrong. My, my backpack company that I had sold out within a, a month because it was an at-home fitness tool. So I like had all these things happen. I'm like, oh shit, I get to reevaluate everything and where I'm going. Of course, I love helping people with their physical body. I can do it all day. I will always be able to tell you how to improve your digestion, how to improve your sleep and how to have more energy. You know, like that's, I can talk about that stuff in my sleep, but I, what I care about is like, we've had these conversations for how long, how many times have we talked about what, what is right with nutrition, how much protein you should eat. These, these arguments that we still see on social media, it's like, this is all bullshit. What we need to talk about is our food systems and how things are sprayed and how 50% of the world has been taken by shitty farming practices. And I just got so deep in that rabbit hole of like, why are we so stuck in our own little individual health when we like the world needs us to give back and do something about this. And we just can't. So right now I work with people in one-on-one setting and community setting and helping people with astrology. Like I read natal, natal chart, astrology. I read human design, human design. I'm obsessed with, if you've experienced human design before to really help you understand like your gifts and how you show up in the world. Um, but what I really am working on for 2024 is how do we help people in their local community plug in into the local food infrastructure and supply chain. So how can we, if we have a backyard, a half acre, or even a few garden plots, how can we take the power back and grow for the, the restaurant across the street? Because the restaurant across the street is shipping basil 1500 miles away to get to them, right? So there's just, it's just a messed up system. So it's been really fun to go from, okay, here's how we heal ourselves through mental, spiritual, emotional, physical ways, but then we do all this healing so that we can be an active participant in what's so much bigger than us and taking care of the world and being a part in a really powerful way of how to heal the world. Cause it's very healable. We just have to wake up to it. All great stuff. We'll get into the astrology stuff a little while from now. That's oh, a, good. good. That's, pers that's personally on the rundown, but that's for a little later on. Uh, so as the founder of Evolve Motion, Platform Strength, Empirica, uh, you creating Joint Peel. Uh, th there's a lot here uh, that a lot of people may know you from one thing, may not know you from another thing, right? Everything is different on its own. Uh, so just individually walk uh, Nick and I and our guests and our listeners through uh, what each one is, how it started, uh, and what purpose does it serve? Oh, this is so fun. Well, some of them are dead. So we'll talk about them, but they're dead. You can't get them right. anymore, <laughs> but, which is like a whole lesson as an entrepreneur is like, be willing to walk away and pivot. Like, I think that's something that was the hardest lesson for me, but I, 
would say so evolve motion or you can go to the mpack like emily mpack.com we don't have them in production but they're a backpack turn weight training bag and i was traveling i was actually watching the CrossFit games and I was a hardcore CrossFitter and I wanted to work out and get weights. And so I took a suitcase and stuffed it with everything I could in my hotel room, put it on my shoulder and was squatting. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I should make a backpack that turns into a weight training bag using water as a weight. Yes. <laughs> so I just had all these and I just remember like, the, it was so cool to put together, like going through production, figuring out how to design every piece of it. Like I just got so addicted to the understanding that you can take an idea, creatively put it into form and somebody could buy it. Like that was game over for me. So that was my first product company that I loved. I launched it on Kickstarter. We ended up doing two Kickstarters and it's just been really fun to see it in the wild and let it be, but we don't have that in production anymore. Um, that was, that's by choice. That was definitely one of those moments where I just hold the plug on it until it can be more recycled or more upcycled in material. And then I had a tea company, so Herbal Element, and it was about, okay, we have all these issues with physical fitness and energy and mood and hormones. I was, I kept getting the same issues from each person, every client I was working with. And I was like, shit, you guys just need to sit and drink tea and herbs are our original medicine. So herb, herbal medicine is everything from white willow bark being the original aspirin um, to understanding that heart health can come from these plants. Like plants are always trying to get us to consume them because they heal us and it's preventative. That's why we don't do it. We're reactive. So something's wrong. Let me fix it versus preventatively incorporating these foods. So teas are such a powerful, simple herbal medicine that you can do. And that was so fun, but I stopped it as well, because when you source these herbs, when we look at our farming system, this is how I got into the farming world. You are sourcing from very, very large scale, monocropped, low biodiversity plots of land. And that is the number one problem that we can contribute to, or we can reverse back when it comes to the environmental disaster that we're living in with our world. So I stopped the tea company really started by sourcing locally from small batch farms. And that's how peel started to exist. It was how do we aggregate multiple farmers that are growing correctly to help small businesses, to help them source in a way that is actually sustainable for the business. So right now, all I'm focused on is supplements for people to understand their magnesium deficiencies, their adrenal health, their gut health. I love helping people take care of their cells at a very micro level because it's amazing what it does for our energy and our mood and our sleep. And that is, we take care of ourselves. We stabilize, we can look outward. We can be a participant in the world and then building joinpeel.com, which we're still looking for a tech guy. So if anyone wants to help me build this, let me know. I've had some tech guys on the show, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Send them my way. David I got, Jackson. Uh, yeah. I need some help. Budgets of people. <laughs> yeah, Emily, do you think it's, it's a good idea that I take a magnesium when I have a headache? Is that the right thing to do? Yeah, I will say though, it has to be the right magnesium. There's lots of forms. So like food form magnesium, cacao is a great example. Cacao is the highest form of food magnesium you can get. It's just so powerful. So anything cacao is like a huge yes to incorporate, but with farming practices currently, no magnesium is in our food. So we have to supplement. This is one that 95% of Americans are deficient in. So similar to vitamin D3 or the sunshine hormone, right? magnesium, when we have it, we stabilize, we sleep better, we feel better. 
our ATP production goes up, the list goes on, but headaches, if you feel that come on, there's always two hacks. It's magnesium as fast as you can. And then you take a little peppermint oil onto your thumb and you hold it on the top of the roof of your mouth and you can just breathe through it. And that usually helps, or you can like massage the, the bones right behind your head, but the magnesium to look for is the ones that aren't laxatives. So a lot of people will take a magnesium. Usually if it's at a grocery store, it's going to be a little cheaper form, which means all it does is kind of run through us. So it relaxes us, but if it's not the right kind, it only relaxes our bowels, I guess you could say. So what we're looking for, for magnesium and brain is magnesium three and eight. That's one of the types that I, I sell in my TriMag because it's so capable of crossing the blood brain barrier and actually getting into, into the, the upper areas of our body. So it, it, it's why it works so well. It's why you dream deeper. You have these like really deeper REM cycles because of that magnesium three and eight. And then you're also like magnesium malate is a good one. Um, glycinate is a good one, but yeah, just being exploring it. I, I can send you some try mag if you want to try. Fascinating stuff. I love it because uh, I, I got headaches quite often. I got the peppermint oil. Mm. I take magnesium. I got to check to see what it is the one that my wife has in our house, but I just is take it, it and I hope it's good. <laughs> is it, it is it a migraine? Is it does it feel migraine like? When I have my headaches? Yeah. On the border. On the border. Yeah. Migraine. Yeah. I would say okay. So B a B a B vitamin, a methylated B vitamin, and a magnesium are kind of my go-tos for anyone who has chronic or consistent headaches. Those tend to be really helpful. All right. I'll be rating the the medicine cabinet right after this recording to make sure I'm all set for my mm -hmm. next headache. Emily, for you in your your life or your career or your business ventures or reality TV, what would you say is your you know I'm right moment? When by that is a time or place where you wanted to pursue something. You asked somebody for advice. They said, Emily, don't do that. That's an awful idea. And you were like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to do it anyway. And in the end, you ultimately see why it is that I'm right. What did you call it? What kind of moment? The you know I'm right moment. Oh, you know, duh, your podcast. I think this is my whole life. I don't think anyone thinks my ideas are that good until they see momentum. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea, right? So... I just don't even look outside for answers. I think as soon as I look out too much, read too many books, tell too many people my ideas, it, it changes things. I, I wrote about this in my book. I wrote, I like self-published a poetry book and it was like process of telling someone a new idea. And there's five different ways. It's like, you get so excited about something and you tell it to someone. And if they don't match your excitement, how many good ideas die this way? right? Like it's so, we're so influenced by the immediate people in our life. And if they are having a bad day or they're maybe a little jealous because they don't have that creative expression coming out of them. It's like, oh, I watch it again and again and again with people and their partners or it's like, if you feel it's a good idea, you do it. If you feel that, that energy, this comes down to human design and astrology as well. If it lights you up, it is a yes. No question. And I think I've, I've had so many no's in my life and, and saying that's a bad idea or don't do that, or that, that doesn't make sense. And right now that's, you know, very much with new business creation and joinpeel.com, the obstacles that come from that. It's like, no, I, this feels good in my body. I'm right. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> so I just got to do it. And I would never want to live a life that like, gets dictated right by somebody else's influence because 
when we all follow the energy, that light and that explosion of like, ah, bliss. Yes. This, if all of us did that, we would live in such a different fucking world. We would live in such a beautiful place and we're all, we're not there yet. And we're just not in the place where we're following our light. We're doing what we think we should be doing. We're working for the man and we're going to change that. I feel like we're starting to change it. And I, I really hope people in, in, in my own life, my life's just an expression of that. It's just an example of like, fuck it, just go, just do it. Just live. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do here with the podcast. We're trying yeah. to raise the collective consciousness. We're trying to get everybody to vibrate higher. Um, yes. We've now reached my favorite part of the program. This is Nick's least favorite part of the program. So it's the part where we talk about astrology for 10 I'm minutes. pretty good at, you know, I'm guessing. guessing oh, the, oh, he, he, he guesses everybody's zodiac sign perfectly. Now, you so kind of gave so yourself good. away. You, you gave yourself away before because you said your birthday passed recently. Mm -hmm. So based on that piece of knowledge, we only have two choices on the board, right? <laughs> so Nick, you got two signs out there recently, right? Which birthday uh, does her sign fall into? Capricorn. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fun because I am actually cussed. So I am Sagittarius Capricorn cusp. Yeah. But I, I have six planets in Capricorn. So I could not be more. He's so business oriented. That's why you're able to take these grounded ideas and formulate them into something that eventually turns into a business. And from the business idea, then you start selling the products and everything. Uh, Capricorn-minded people, uh, very career-oriented people, right? So as you can see, you've dedicated your life to turning your your interests uh, and your natural affinity, right? Your natural affinities into products and services uh, that help directly help other people. And again, trying to help the collective conscious trying to get everybody's health and wellness uh, elevated, right? So you kind of see how that, uh, it's like hand in hand, works hand in hand with each other. Um, you do natal chart work, you said, right, as well? Yeah, can you guys, I bet you could, Joe, can you guess my rising sign? <laughs> Virgo. Aries. Aries, huh? Interesting. I'm just you know such a goer. Well, Aries people have prominent eyebrows and you have the glasses on, so I can't really, there you go. How, you, how are they? Have, we have prominent eyebrows. That's so fun. They oh. have like a, a certain shape to them. That yeah. sharp, that sharp shape to them. Yeah, and I totally I, have that. You have those sharp shaped eyebrows. Oh, that's cool. See, now if, if I, if you didn't have the glasses on, I would have been able to guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so funny because I like, you know, this. I do feel very impulsive and sometimes very right. stupid in my impulsiveness, but I, I love being an Aries rising because it just keeps me out of my overthinking Capricorn brain. If right. I'm not careful, I'm like so heavy and grounded and it's like, keeps me light. It keeps me light and fast. So you're a cusp, which means you're born, are you what, the 21st or the 22nd? 23rd, but it's, okay. um, yeah. So end of the cusp, but I can totally feel the Sagittarius. Cause like, even if I talk to a Capricorn on the 26th or the 29th or January, it's like, Oh my God, I'm so grateful for my Sagittarius. <laughs> I'm so, I'm yeah, so grateful I think for it. at the beginning, I never really believed in cusps. I believed in like hard energy transitions. And then as, as you get older and you, you speak to many people, especially people who are born at those like in between times, 
I noticed this at the end of July too, because we have a lot of friends who are born uh, as Cancer ends into Leo. Oh yeah. So it's like I know a lot of people born on the nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first, twenty second, July twenty third, like those five days. So I kind of see it in them as well. Um, my North Node is actually in the first degree of Capricorn. So, <gasps> how so fun! So Nick, little 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 knowledge. Yeah, I need you, a translation uh, for most of our <laughs> listeners right now. And we do this every episode. I still don't know. I still don't know. This is so fun. It's like this is the best. Yeah. Okay. So Joe, North the, Node. There, the there's the Moon, right? The North Node of the Moon, the South Node of the Moon. Your North Node is where you're going to in this lifetime. Your South Node is where you had been in your previous lifetime. Your South Node includes all of the things that you're kind of already good at, mm. all duties and responsibilities that you've already mastered. Uh, some of them may come back to you in this life. Usually they do. Uh, but more or less, you're looking to just kind of learn the skill set, learn the strategies, learn the lessons uh, that pertain to your North Node, right? So again, if mine is in the first degree of Capricorn, the cardinal sign, and it's a critical degree. So that's really, really getting very deep into this crap. This is so yeah. good. This is so good. Cause you said you thought it was a Virgo rising. I'm a Virgo South node. So all of my life has been about helping people in their body and this right. gym and physical. And, and that's what I've really stepped away from. Cause I, it's like, right. we can, we gotta learn, we gotta learn this. All of us, we need to take care of our body. We need to know these things that aren't taught in school about how to nurture ourselves at a really core level, but we do that so that we can like, you know, think bigger and go bigger. So mine's a Pisces North node, which, you know. Yes. Cause we'll if, if, if you're, you're obviously your North and South sign uh, nodes have to be in opposite signs. So the last, last little bit is I'll give you like, I'll give the listeners a quick like synastry lesson, right? So everybody talks about synastry right off the bat. You know, I don't even have to pull up charts, right? I know that your son hits my North node and to some degree, it'll probably hit Nick's North Node as well because Nick and I are only born a couple months apart, right? So it'll a little more loosely hit his, but it more or less directly makes an impact to mine. Uh, your North Node is where you're going in this lifetime. The sun is basically the essence of who you are. It's your personality, right? So when she talks about her rising sign, your rising sign is the mask you wear to the world, but your sun is actually who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So my last question to you is, can you guess my rising sign? What is your mask? Oh, in a good okay. way. <laughs> That's a hint. It's it's in the eyes. What what would my rising sign be? What, well, it has, what if it's in the eyes? You mean Pisces? No. Oh gosh, the water. It's a water sign now. Well, your your south node's Cancer, so that's fun. So you're Scorpio rising. There, you go. there it rising. is. <laughs> Look at that. It is in the eyes. That's so true. My sister is Scorpio rising. I'm like, oh my God, your eyes. I can't even handle them. <laughs> yeah, Scorpio so risings, they have a very devious look to them. Oh, that's they all. do. Okay, Nick. So what's your sun sign, Nick? And what's your sun sign, Joe? Who are you? Who are your real use? Nick's a Gemini. You're a Gemini. I'm Nick? a Gemini. I couldn't yeah, tell you what my sun sign or anything is. That's a sun, we, sun sign Gemini. Yeah, we don't like Gemini's here. <laughs> Why not? Gemini's, you know, we're, we're the we're the we're the the twins. This the is, twins. Who's better than one? The split. 
It's so true. But, I, but split I, personalities. But the, the things that with Gemini, sometimes you, you just, you don't know which Well, it's true. You know, like when Emily was saying that in her real world edition, like give me an N word to describe Nick. I was like, should I go with nasty or should I go with nice? Because it could be either or depending <laughs> on the day. But, 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 in, but in the case, in the case of Gemini's, he's both. Yeah, you are both. And this is why Gemini's get a bad rap because they don't fully accept that they're both, right? So they try to be fully one. That's I love Gemini's so much because you guys are like the wind to the sails. You move fast, you process fast, you you're quick. It's so fun to be around that energy, but when Gemini I've experienced this with my Gemini's, it's like like my closest friends, if they don't fully embody both of them and accept that they're two people in one form, then they're a shit show. <laughs> like they just constantly, who am I? Who am I? What am I? It's like you're both. You're all. It's everything. It's just, it's just so fun to be around. That's cool, Nick. And then you're Joseph. You're before that. So no, I'm after. Okay, so you're uh, about a month and a half after. So you're, but you're not. You're not a Leo. No, I'm a Cancer. You're a cancer that, so. Here's a hint, America. America. Independence. <laughs> a cancer cancer south node cancer sun that's cool that's they're fun. not they're not conjunct they're the my sun and venus are they're they're close enough that it's like a loose conjunction uh, obviously my now my if my north node is at the first degree capricorn that means my south node is at the first degree uh first degree cancer right my moon so, yeah. is cancer my very cancer moon 100 yes. percent. full moon in cancer yes <laughs> Cancer moons are, well, water moons in general are soft, but like, it's like I said, Scorpios, Scorpios tend to be like devious and they just want revenge all the time. <laughs> he'd be perfect for the show. <laughs> and I can't, and I, always, cancer... I always tell Joe he'd be great on Big Brother because he's got away with words. He could just be doing Zodiac readings and <laughs> like talk their heads off and then you're <gasps> right. Yeah, they wouldn't want me out of the house because I I would cook and then I would give them astrology readings. Who would who would want to evict me? You would help the whole house totally. That's kind of for what I feel. So okay, have you gotten into human design, both of you? Have you gotten to, into this at all? I have not. No. Oh, okay. This is your homework. So just you can go onto any like free human design report that you can go to. It takes the same information as your natal chart. And it's a really intimidating chart at first, but it's so cool. It's it's amazing. The rabbit hole is so deep on this because it's about how, how you respond to life. How are you supposed oh. to let it? Oh, it's so cool. I, I 10 out of 10 recommend a human design. So it, if you it, done essentially it. it explains how you're wired, right? How you're wired. It really showcases because it pulls in the I Ching. It pulls in the chakra system. And it pulls in astrology. So oh, it's all of it in like one. Um, so Have you gone for Reiki healing, Emily? I'm actually Reiki certified. Yeah. Uh, I uh, oh. <laughs> My wife loves going for Reiki healing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so fun to like really help people because we all are healers period. We all have the ability to self-heal. And so it's really cool to like help people understand that, that world, right? We're not just a physical body. Everything we experience, like every injury is such a gift. It's, it's teaching you some sort of dysfunction in your physical body, of course, but it's deeper than that. There's always a layer that we can go. That's so much more energetic. And yeah, it's like why it's like 
the South node of Virgo, there's only so much you can go with your physical body. There's only so many workouts, so many meal plans. It's like, fuck, go deeper. Like there's so much more that awaits you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's a lot more that awaits you, Emily. We appreciate your time. Uh, I figured this, if this was a concert, then all the astrology stuff and all the stuff over here is like the encore portion. So we're happy you enjoyed it. Um, Nick, again, that's not really his forte, but, you know, as we talk about it a little more, it interests him. You know, I think he's slowly coming around on everything. Um, but Emily, we, we thank you for your time. We appreciate uh, everything, everything. And uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. Hopefully you come back on and do this with us. Um, we got to help sell your products to a lot of our friends because a lot of friends are interested in this stuff. What we do here is we always give our guests the last words. So uh, we know that you do have a lot to promote for yourself, but if there's anything else you would like to share, uh, by all means, go ahead. Again, we thank you for your time. Well, you're so welcome. This is such a pleasure. I love helping people understand themselves, right? That's all we're doing is self-awareness and that's the healing is self-awareness. So I don't know what else to say, except I, I do have a podcast called Meathead Hippie, and that's been a really fun place for me to explore conversations for the last five years of health and wellness and South Node Virgo moving into Pisces North Node. So lots of different ranges of topics. And if you are not on a magnesium supplement, get on one, it can really change your life. And it's these small micro things that really make a difference. Like so many people I think I meet are in awe or like feel as if I'm other or like I, it, there's no difference between me and you, right? There's always something that awakens in us and then it's game on for us to engage in this life that we have. And the more that we are living our life in that way, of course, we're going to inspire other people, but too many people are still listening to people talking about it or scrolling and watching people and not actually embodying it. And if I can give anything to the world, it's like, fuck, stop and wake up and, and do it for yourself. Your life is literally being lived in other people's worlds. Like just take that power back. So do it. If you're listening, if you feel like you aren't happy in your life, listen to it, lean into it, get uncomfortable and just like, fuck, just start, just go, go live a better life than you're living. Cause you deserve it. And we all deserve it. And we're, like you said, we're raising that collective consciousness to understand the systems that we live in are no longer going to adapt to the world that we ourselves are going to build. So let's go build it. All right. There you have it. Great last words there from Emily. That's going to do it here for this episode of, you know, I'm right for our very special guest, Emily Schraub, my co-host, Joe Calabrese. I'm Nick Durst, and this has been, you know, I'm right. Mm -hmm.